Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> surprise, fuckers. Mondays suck a lot. So we're going to make your Monday better with a very special surprise bonus episode of Guys We Fucked brought to you by. Tanga. Are you surprised? Do you know what Tanga is? No. Well, the surprise we can't fix if you weren't, but we can let you know what Tanga is. Uh, yes, Tanga teamed up with us for this very special episode uh, in honor of Masturbation May. If you don't know, Tanga is a Japanese-based company focused on the betterment of sexual health and wellness with a core concept of broadening the cultural acceptance of masturbation and making sexuality something everyone can enjoy. And we're certainly on board with that. So we said, Hey, Tanga, we'll do a special episode where we just talk about uh, jerking yourself off. Yeah. And then Tanga was like, okay, here's 80,000 dildos and pocket and, and things, not <laughs> dildos, vibrators and things to put your penis in that we're going to be talking about in depth shortly uh, with our very special guest. I'm so excited. We've hung out with him before at Amber Rose's house. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our guest, Dr. Chris Donahue. <laughs> Hello. Happy Masturbation May, Chris Donahue. Yo, yeah. Have you guys been partaking in that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do anyway, but I've (laughs) been doing it extra because Tanga sent us a bunch of vibrators and I used three of them last night. Not at once. (laughs) Can we talk (laughs) for a second about how beautiful the Tanga product is? It's so smooth and soft. And the freaking uh, Steven and I use those masturbation sleeves that they have. Yep. They have three yep. kinds. The one yep. with the buttons on them. Yep. It's they, they gave me the name of it. I should probably, you know, yeah, I mean, the different, <laughs> say what it the is. different buttons um, and the internal sleeves have different um, designs internally to give different sensations. But I think what's always interesting to me about their product is so I get sent a lot of sex toys. I believe you two probably do as well. I have literally oh, a yeah. whole chest in my living room filled with nah, just girl. sex toys. I have to <laughs> dedicate a closet now to sex toys <laughs> not shoes it's now sex toys yeah <laughs> yeah well I, me as well and the funny thing is, is that a lot of them are just ugly or cheap looking yeah and, and they feel you, like i shouldn't stick this up me right yeah <laughs> this goes where yeah yeah it's scary i mean to put yeah. your dick in something like a machine or to put uh, something inside your vagina you have to trust it uh speak for yourself <laughs> i'm pretty adventurous <laughs> What's the weirdest it's, thing you've ever stuck up your ass? It's been a lot of places over the years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you two. No, <laughs> you're around. not. Yeah, you are. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I hope you are. <laughs> no, but the products do look, they they have a, a great uh, texture to them and they just, they feel like they're not a cheap product and I've had a lot of cheap Yeah, ones. and they've won design awards and, and and that's the funny joke I make is it, it's a joke, but it's serious in that, you know, their whole goal wasn't <laughs> to have anything that looked like a replacement for anatomy. They don't want to be threatening to anyone. A lot of, a lot of guys sometimes feel like, you know, a, a sex toy on their girlfriend or wife is something that they have to compete with. And, you know, they're mm. architecturally attractive. They don't look like anatomy. It's something that's just supposed to be a compliment to sexual health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Well, made. Although, um, I got to say, yeah. when we were using those sleeves, I was using the, um, the, uh, one of the cup, the air tech series on Steven. And I was like, is this going to be better than my pussy? And he was like, no, stop. I'm like, okay. So I, and then I kind of was like, okay, now I know how dudes feel. A little yeah. bit with the vibrator, but Thank still you. all in all, just get Thank over you. it. It's fine. Yeah. Our tongues and fingers and penises can only do so much. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, my boy, the reason I even know about Tanga to begin with is because my boyfriend, James, is like obsessed with the masturbation cups. So I actually, I don't, mm. I don't like sex toys. And I was very open with Tanga about that, yeah. uh, but he loves them. So I was like, can you just send me only the dude stuff? <laughs> and he came over the other day and we... I wanted to have sex and then he was like acting weird and I was and I was like what what is up and he's like I gotta be honest since Tanga sent me that stuff I've been masturbating non-stop and my dick is raw oh jeez <laughs> that's, that's that the good. worst thing it's a man could do to a woman that is the it's worst that good. but let's thing. not let that be a cautionary tale for everyone don't be afraid of the Tanga no I thought it was funny it didn't bother me at all I was like you know what that's less work for me just finger me and we can go to bed <laughs> it's fine you guys are special like that because there's a lot of people <laughs> for many reasons, but there's a lot of people that are afraid to talk like that with their partner. 
I know it's so weird to me because I've always been open with Steven. You've always, we've always been open like that. But then since doing the podcast, we're like, oh my God, people don't talk about what they want in the sack with the person they're fucking. And that's crazy to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or do Especially you see masturbation as competition? Like you mentioned before. Yeah, totally. And if you're monogamous, then you're kind of committing to being one's only sex partner. And if you're not willing to really open up with what that would be for you, you're going to be either miserable. You're going to end up cheating. No one's going to be happy. So you got to talk that stuff out. I know. God, you're full of some gems. Do you, um, <laughs> how often do you masturbate? It's a good question. Well, right now, because it's masturbation May, it's daily. You took the pledge? <laughs> I took the pledge. Did you seriously uh, up your masturbation just in honor of the month? I didn't really have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in honor, in honor of the Tenga, you know, pledge, um, frequently. I mean, here's the thing. I I, I think I'm, I'm from a camp educationally where I was trained to believe that sex wasn't an appropriate nor was it an adequate tool for entertainment or self-soothing. You know, the psychology field loves to pathologize that. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's bullshit. So yeah. It, you know, it, it, why, why are we allowed to, I always jokingly say this, why are we allowed to watch football or real housewives for four to six hours on a Sunday? But please do not be doing that with porn or masturbation. Like, what is the difference? Who, who's right? watching Real Housewives for four to six <laughs> yeah, hours on a Sunday? That's not good. They have a problem. They have, uh, we that's need an intervention. That's a real bad thing. I would break well, up with know, that sometimes person. Sometimes there's an Atlanta and a New York marathon on and you got to watch them all. <laughs> I feel like this is like a cell, a problem that is Chris, only are you yours. okay? Are you okay, Chris? You want to talk about it? You, you watching I the Teresa have, flipping the table too much? <laughs> I honestly have never watched that show at all. Funny oh, enough. really? I respect but, you so much more. Thank you. Yeah, you would be you might be a little, I don't, mm, uh, my, my television choices, uh, are, are quite out there at times. I, I I'm not really? the standard television viewer. Yeah. What's like the weirdest thing you watch? It's not that it's weird as much as there's a consistent theme and I'm really into shows that have murder. Like I'm the investigation discovery. Oh, that's addict. not weird. That's fine. Okay. The first 48. You know? I mean, they have yeah. all these shows that are Snapped. about murder. So yeah. Nope. Yeah. Murder um, comes to town. <laughs> murder comes That's to town. Favorite. I like that. That's Is that amazing. just Santa Claus killing children? I hope so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I fear thy neighbor. I love all the murder shows. So oh that's my god, my, that's they're my just show. making things up, but I like my, them. I'm waiting for my husband to murder me. Um, <laughs> question about uh, sticking your dick in uh, in things to uh, yeah. get pleasure. The the cups these this was the interesting product. The cup series that Tanka has because it's yeah. disposable, right? Yeah, it's for yeah. it's for masturbators on the go. And I was saying to Stephen, I'm like, oh, you take this and you carry on. You go to the bathroom, you could jerk off pretty quickly. And he's like, I uh, would never jerk off recycle. on a plane. Please oh, recycle. Sorry, yes, recycle. <laughs> Wait, can you recycle Plastic. something with cum in it? Oh, good yeah, question. I want that next to your bottles and cans. No, that wouldn't be hygienic. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I was that. like, I hope not for my sake. I don't want something to be like a tank of masturbation cup and then a soda bottle. <laughs> we should hand tank of masturbation cups, the disposable ones, to people who catcall us. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's actually really funny. Yeah, oh, I just thought of that. Genius. Give it right back to them, right? <laughs> but like, what's, what's the ideal situation that you would use that in? Because apparently Steven thinks that masturbating in the bathroom of a plane is is crude. I, I don't. Well, but. I think he's among the minority is the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. No, just I, kidding. I, I travel a lot. And so for me, <laughs> it, it's just to throw in my bag, a few of them at the hotel, get home pre-bed. And the lube's Bam. right there. The lube is right there. I mean, the egg is my favorite. It, it literally unwraps like an egg. Oh yeah. Do you have one with you? The tanga egg literally looks like an egg. Unwrap it. The lube is inside. And what I love about it is it's it's malleable, so you can use it just over your the penis head, or you can stretch it all the way down over the shaft as well. Um, one use, throw it away. I've been known to use it maybe more than once. The same but one. I'm, I'm environmental. Dirty. Yeah. Wow. I'm filthy like that. Uh, and and those are tiny too. You could literally, if you wanted, if you were that paranoid, put them in an egg carton. And then when TSA is like, you can't transport food, sir. And you're like, no, no, no. That's a masturbation sleeve. And he's like, carry on. Give me one. I think that would be weirder to have like a dozen eggs. Like a curtain yeah. of a dozen eggs. Those well, aren't what's eggs funny is the, the Tanga egg six pack looks like a six pack of eggs. So there you go. Yeah, that's true. There's the photo of it right there. Wow. Yeah. I like that you call it a six pack of eggs. Like it's beer. You go, oh, can I get so a six pack? Bro, I'll pick up a six pack of eggs from the uh, deli bar. Cool. So I, I, well, I think it's really interesting because 
uh, so often with sex toys, it's it's one of the few things in life that is more female oriented than male oriented. It's like Tanga, sex toys and, that up. and makeup. That's what we have. And then that's why Tanga came along. And it's like really the first brand name that I was familiar with that was uh, concentrating first on male masturbation. And then they obviously developed a bunch of female products um, because, you know, people have the misconception that the guys we fucked listenership is mostly women. And that's not true at all. And I feel like we're always like promoting products about uh, women's pleasure, and we don't talk a lot about men's pleasure. Um, yeah. And why do you why do you think that is? Why do you think more sex toys have been created for women than men? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, well, uh, before we even get to that, I, I think it's important for guys to listen to a show that maybe focuses predominantly on female pleasure because the educational resources. What did you say? Because they don't know about it. They they exactly. don't. That's why they need for to sure. know. The resources are horrible. It's it's pretty much porn is the only resource for guys. They're mm. not really going to do much Googling. And, you know, some women aren't confident enough to really maybe speak up for what they're looking for, for a multitude of reasons, patriarchy or low self-esteem, like whatever you want to make it about. And so it's good for the guys to learn for sure. So I think that's important. But um, I think honestly, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of trouble for saying this. I think guys are lazy. No, you're right. You're a guy. You can say whatever you're you want. You're lazy yeah. and unorganized, but you mean well, maybe. I think well, they can maybe. be lazy and unorganized, you know? And I think to um, go purchase a sex product is to oh, yeah. have to really put yourself out there and acknowledge that you masturbate. And I think, you know, I, the stat is that came out of a Tango survey was about 90% of us masturbate. I actually think it's higher. Thank God. And less than half of us are comfortable really acknowledging and talking about it. That's really? low. Even yeah. dudes. See, with dudes, yeah. I thought everyone just assumed every dude jerks right. off all the time in their socks well, and their mom's annoyed about their crunchy laundry. Imagine this. So if I go to meet up with my boys, I, I'm going <laughs> to happily go in there and say something like, yo, you know, just worked a long day, 10 hours, or I could say, you know, whatever, but I'm not going to go in there and be like, dudes, I just had the most amazing masturbation session. Let me tell you all about it. The stuff I was doing. Let me tell you what I was watching. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Cause that's weird though. Like, I, I, you know, like men, but, but women, when women talk about masturbation, it's not, yeah. it's not like, Hey ladies just jerked off. <laughs> I'm in a better mood, but it is more like if something weird happened or something right. or or if it was like a product that I'm like, holy shit, I would tell my girlfriends about it. Like, but guys are, and this is one of the myths that got debunked after doing the podcast. Men talk about sex with other men way less than women talk about it with other women. For sure. Maybe the, I, the lack of sex toys for men kind of contributes to that. Yeah, I think it does. And that's why I tell guys the, the act of purchasing or possessing a male sex product is a sign of just sexual liberation um, and maturity. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why like guys are more reluctant to like go to a sex class because it feels like, well, I'm not inadequate, so it doesn't matter. And I, it's so much stuff gets in the way. Right. Well, I mean, m- men seem to talk about not the actual physical act of sex, but more like the conquering of the women as in terms yeah. of heterosexual men. I feel like that's like kind of the thing that people discuss. Like the, I conquered this girl. I fucked this girl. But like not like, oh, I gave her ama- an amazing orgasm. And what a loss because, you know, when two people have sex, there's, or more people, there's two people who are involved and both, you know, having, being impacted by the experience. And if you go into sex, just looking at, looking at as something to achieve in a certain way and just something to conquer, not only are you stealing the experience from your partner, you're stealing it from yourself. Like how boring does that kind of sex sound? That was beautiful. Yeah. That sounds (laughs) horrible. That's not being present. And in the moment during sex is, is like torturous almost. It's, it's, well, when I'm, when I'm with Amber Rose and just to clarify (gasps) what that means, I mean, on the podcast, because there's a lot of ways to hear that. Um, Are there rumors? (laughs) Well, in the beginning there was because Uh, a couple people were tweeting. I get it. Yeah. Well, people were tweeting me, dude, aren't you hearing what she's saying? Look at the way she looks at you. Cause we were live streaming at one point and I was like, yo, just friends, homie at this point. Yeah. Um, Oh, still leaving that door open. (laughs) Yeah. You're very smart though. It's easy to get like, I can see like kind of just like looking at you. Like when we were in person with you, I was like, this guy is so smart. I love it. And, Thanks. and I don't know how you sit next to Amber, Amber Rose and not just go, egg, egg, what? I don't, oh, but God, I do so in my pretty. head because <laughs> oh, good. Well, I mean, she's that's... one of those people where her external beauty and her internal beauty are really congruent and aligned. They really and, and are. That, that woman is just the, has the, the, a heart as big as her boobs. I, 
heart. Yeah, and that's a gigantic heart. It's gigantic. What a big heart. What a big heart. <laughs> yeah, she's so sweet. How do you sweet. harness such a heart? I know. And she's so open and she doesn't, there's like, yeah. she's not ashamed of anything. And she gets no, called and all these why, names and she just doesn't give a fuck. I'm like. Totally. And that's why I love spending so much time with her is that we've been able to really positively influence each other. And when we both talk about, it's really funny. You know, sometimes I wish there was always a camera on us while we're recording because we were talking just a couple weeks ago about how we like to have sex and what what's hot for us. And like the one day I was like really going for it and she was sitting there and she was kind of like choking up. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I want my eyes open. I want to see my partner and I want them to be looking at me. And I was like, and I want my mouth everywhere on them. And I want their mouth everywhere on me. And I was like going on and on. And she's like, damn, damn. (laughs) Just like sliding off her chair. I'm sorry. What we're recording. I'm sorry. It's getting real. (laughs) But then you think of the the opposite of that as the people that are like, yo, I'm just trying to hit that. And I'm like, that sounds lame for her and for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anybody any favors when you talk about sex like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and so you're a licensed sex therapist. Is that your, uh, and so can you explain to our listeners just for those who have never had the pleasure of meeting something like what is your job entail? Yeah. I mean, my, 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 uh, education is actually quite diverse. Like I did a doctoral program in clinical psych, a doctoral program in human sexuality and sexology. And then I'm also a licensed therapist and a certified sex therapist. Mm -hmm. So I've been in school forever around this stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, basically I, I do couples and marital therapy and general therapy, but my focus and specialization is really on things that are sexually based. So it's everything from, you know, dysfunctions to, um, sexual pain to kink and BDSM to gender and orientative issues to how to, to sexual and body esteem. I mean, it's really quite expansive. Wow. I have a question actually about, uh, you said pain and sex. We've gotten a lot of emails about vaginismus. Is that I'm pronouncing it right? For sure. From from women who can't, they can't have sex on it and they've gone to a GYN and they're it seems to me, but I don't know what to say because I don't know anything about it. Then I'm well, like, the sorry? You just kind of said the problem. And this isn't to knock gynecology, but it typically is not a biological issue. It generally is an emotional, psychological issue. And what we're Really? Not, Damn, yeah, we are, we're, not, we're good. Because we, <laughs> we we say stuff like that a lot. I'm like, wow, we are, we're great at this. Your okay. mind I, is closing I give you your guys pussy. honorary degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I now, what is it? I now make you both honorary. <laughs> yes, thank um, you. Your body doesn't lie. And if you're, if any sexual part of your body to make it sexual for a second, or, you know, your vaginal muscles are tightening, that's because you're afraid there's anxiety. You're mm-hmm. not comfortable. Honor that. Look into that. What's going on? Maybe the person you're trying to have sex with is not someone you should be comfortable having sex with, or maybe not in that dynamic, or maybe you're not comfortable in your body, but it's probably a rational response. And so there's got to be some psychological work through on that. I don't want you to go to a doctor and have it forced open. So wait, so vaginismus then is all mental? I believe so for sure. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Damn that. Well, that opens the door up to other ways that you can actually like address the fucking problem because doctors don't know. (laughs) Right. It sounds kind of like a lot like vaginal IBS, honestly, what you just explained. Like, you know, because there's a lot of stomach related problems that, you know, they have medicines and they have these commercials for them. But mm, when you ever you talk to someone with it with IBS, you're like, "Mm, I think this is more of an anxiety disorder than anything. Lead a very stressful life. And like if your stomach is directly correlated to what's going on in your head, why ain't you pussy? I mean, well, and that's why I try to use the word like mind, body or body, mind, as opposed to saying your mind or your body. I always try to combine them to get people to understand they are the same thing. They are connected. Um, They impact each other think in those terms. Um, and that's why I love working with sex is it's a really beautiful entry point into the psyche to really look at what's going on. Cause I'll tell you, if you work on your sexuality in terms of, you know, speaking up, honoring and engaging all the things that you're turned on by. And if you can get comfortable in your body being naked and with a partner, that's how you can work on these other issues like general self-esteem and body esteem and Mm. general confidence in the world, because sex is probably the most private shamed part. And if you can work through that, you can work through the other stuff. Yeah. Are you single? Uh, no, I'm not. I was going to say you probably get a lot of puss. Are you in a long-term relationship? I am. Well, it's, 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 um, it's a newer relationship, but it's, but it's, it's committed and I do have a a ring on. Oh no. Oh, so you're married. I'm engaged. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. Wow. And and do you have, are are you, do you, most of your relationships, um, monogamy is where you guys do. Um, I have had all types of configurations. Oh really? And 
the, <laughs> you kind of lit up. Tell me no, because I, I I love talking to people if they've ever had an open relationship. Like, For how sure. does that go? Was it weird? Yeah. You know, the way I kind of explain it and I, and I explain this, this way for clients and also about myself is, you know, there's going to be different phases in your relationship where you're going to have possible needs that are shifting. Meaning there's times where it's really important, I think, to have a lot of closeness and intimacy. And that might mean spending a lot of time together, having a lot of affection, having a lot of sex, because maybe something disruptive happened, or maybe you're going through a tough time, or maybe you're needing a lot of extra support. And in those times, no matter what your configuration is, be close, close it, be monogamous. It's about the two of you. Mm. There might be other times where things are really great. You're feeling really good. You're feeling really close. And one of you maybe feels like you have sexual needs outside of that. See if that can work and can be possible. And I've been in past relationships where right now my current one is monogamous, Mm -hmm. but I've been in ones in the past where one of us, uh, due to traveling a lot or being interested in something sexually that the other wasn't, that was meaningful and made sense. Yeah. Hmm. Cause like, cause one of the things that I'm experiencing now is we're just going to go into a therapy sesh. Um, Like I, we, Corinne and I were doing a a comedy festival in Austin, Texas. And I was, I I found out later, like looking back, I was ovulating and I usually don't do the stereotypical, like hungry for dick when I'm ovulating, but I I was, I was flirting with everybody. And it was like, whoa, I was so like horny every second of that trip. And uh, it was really annoying. But then, and in my head, I'm like, oh, I can really, I have a cuckolding fetish. So I like seeing my partner fuck other women a lot. He doesn't. He's open to having a three with a guy. He's not a bisexual, but he's like, if that's what you want and that'll make you happy. Yes. But he doesn't want to have experience, sexual experiences without each other. But I'm like, man, if this get, I was like almost surprised by how thirsty I was <laughs> and I yeah. didn't do anything. Cause I would never cheat on him. That would, I mean, we've been together for six years, but I feel like it might get to a point where I'm like, man, if I'm like on the road or something and, sure. and that happens, but I can't figure out if that's me being selfish or because my commitment to him is more important to me than why getting that satisfaction. Both, but why would getting that satisfaction mean to not honor the commitment if you can, as an adult, share with him that interest of doing that, him allowing you, thereby maybe strengthening the relationship? Because I see it as strengthening if it's transparent. Me too. But he doesn't He doesn't feel comfortable with me doing anything sexual with another person and him not being there. And that's okay. That's in, fair. I don't think that's totally. an unfair. And, and I think... I think it's actually pretty evolved that he's at least open to doing things with the, with with you in presence. Yeah, meaning having someone come in like there's a lot of couples that aren't even ready for that, and I think that can be a beautifully bonding thing to have sex together and have a third party come in. For me, if a third comes in, I say this lovingly: they come in as a human sex toy. It, I don't want it to be about them; it's about me and my partner, and yeah, we use right. this third person to enjoy each other. Yeah, yeah, I I agree totally. But yeah. I, like the idea for like I. And then it's kind of imbalanced because the idea of him with another woman while I'm not there, I'm like, yeah, tell me about it later. Like, uh, that sounds great. But then he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have right that on. cuckold thing at all. He doesn't yeah. get turned on by it. He probably, he, it honestly seems after we talked, like that would make him really sad. I'm like, oh, okay. Me, but, me and you would make a, uh, quite a pair. Cause I'm, I'm on board with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like mine. <laughs> you fuck him. Tell me about it. I'm going to fuck her. And then we'll meet at the Starbucks and talk High about five. it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's silence next to you. What's happening? Well, no, <laughs> I have a question thinking? that was coming up because I was oh, like, please. We talk about this a lot, you know, obviously like this is a super sexually progressive podcast. Uh, and I actually, for, over the course of this three years have become what I would say more vanilla. Like after talking about all this crazy stuff and doing a bunch of crazy stuff and going to sex clubs and giving people blowjobs and whatever, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of, kind of over it all and really just looking for something pretty simple and monogamous, which is what I'm in now. Uh, right. We're kind of like both f- f- huge former sluts. We kind of like my boyfriend and I have did everything we wanted to do and then found each other and we're like this is great we're just going to be boring and like make fun of other people together and it's super good and like the sex we have is good but it's pretty like simple basic sex uh and i'm like happy with that so and then sometimes i feel like I've like shut down progressively kind of like, uh, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm certainly not interested in adding anyone. Like I'm a person, I don't, I am not a people person at all. The, f- the fact that I found someone that I have spent a year and a half with is amazing. Uh, I can't even believe I found a person that I would want to spend that much time with. But like, I, I, I have a pattern of like getting into like, um, uh, yeah, like it takes me a while to find someone. But then when I do, I usually stay with that person for a long makes, time. It, it makes sense because some people, so this comes up with Amber as well, where some people assume that um, 
the way we might be sexually in terms of how progressive we are in one domain that it should or will apply to all domains and it doesn't and you're giving a beautiful example where amber is very much a slut in some ways in some forms she Mm -hmm. will go out of the house with her boobs hanging out or at coachella as she called it hochella in a (laughs) fishnet boobs blazing where I go out and I dress pretty covered up and stiff, but then I go home and I'm more kinky. She goes home and she's more vanilla. Mm -hmm. And so you are very progressive on the podcast. Your work involves all of that. And that's kind of where you, you know, act out and encounter your sex positivity. But when you go home, you don't feel the need to do that. And there's something beautiful about that. There's a balance in that for you. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like too, like you can compare it to, you know, we go, when we go on tour and we're doing like a city a night, two shows a night and whatever. And I come home and I'm like, I just want to read a book on the couch like that and I enjoy this I love enjoying simple things and I but in order to want to enjoy simple things I need to have like either done non-simple things for a really long time and I'm just like that's what I crave because I because Steven and I like sometimes he's just like can we just make out and I'm like yeah yeah let's just make out on the couch and that's it oh sometimes I just want (laughs) to sometimes I just want to cuddle and lay there and be held and that's all I have. That's all I want. That's all I need. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. I think that's really interesting what you just pointed out because I was like, I definitely uh, like will like to dress like promiscuously as I, I hate that word, but I definitely like to do that. And I like to, you know, like take like nude photos of myself and I would totally like I've I've performed stand up nude in front of my peers. Like I Love have it. no problem with that. And like I'm into like kind of weird shit like blood play is something I really want to explore. Right I'm just nervous about it, like hygienically and like sure. safety wise. Uh, but that's the kind of stuff. But only things where it's just me and my partner mm. doing really weird things together, because for me, that's a huge bond. Like even when I went to sex clubs, I wasn't in a relationship, but I went with a really good friend that I was sleeping with and I feel like us going to a sex club together and me like giving him a blowjob in public and like having this lady finger me Sweet. while we were together like it really honestly made our friendship that much deeper yeah <laughs> that that's such, I'm glad you're saying that that's such a beautiful example of how bonding through sex can can be done in a multitude of ways mm-hmm. and that things that are quote-unquote promiscuous or I don't know, kinky or more anonymous. Somehow people want to take the connection and intimacy building out of that. And that's not honest or fair. Yeah. Cause you're being so vulnerable in those situations of like a sex club or sex party or a three-way or something. Like after Stephen and I had the first, uh, all the, every time Stephen and I've had a three-way afterwards, I just feel this new closeness to him. And it's so like strange that him sticking his dick in another woman's vagina makes me go, because Oh God, I love saw- him. You saw new new layers of him. You know, yeah. hating with someone else is not how you see him when he's with you. And so you got to see different sounds and expressions. You got to see different parts of his psyche. And so you saw him That's in more true. of his totality. You saw deeper parts of him. That's stunning. That's beautiful. God, Think of realize- how limited some people are that won't engage in some of these different pieces or things. You know, again, you know, people will talk about dating where they'll say, you know, on the first date, I'm not having sex because I want to really get to know them. And I, I'm like, well... Yeah, coffee at Starbucks can maybe be really getting to know someone. And maybe it's not because you're anxious and you're, you know, selling a dream and coming forward with parts of yourself that aren't authentic. Sometimes sex first is actually the most intimate, bonding, honest, authentic thing in terms of dating as well. Yeah, that's true. Because you can put up so many walls in your social life. Totally. Some of my anonymous sex, some of my anonymous sex has been the most intimate experiences because we're maybe not exchanging names and it's a hookup, but there's connection and there's depth. And I'm, you know, when you're sexual with someone, you are learning a lot about them. You're learning their body esteem. You're learning their intimacy tolerance and how close they can handle getting. You're learning Mm. their communication skills. You're learning their levels of empathy, uh, past wounds and traumas come up. I mean, you're not going to get that at Starbucks over coffee. What's, um, so true. What's, uh, 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 an example of something coming up that indicates a past wound or trauma while you're having sex specifically, I'm curious with an anonymous person. Sure. A very dramatic example is uh, twice I've had sex where my partner either didn't want an area of their body touched at all and pulled away immediately when touched. And that could have been because of body shaming or some kind of sexual trauma in an area or even a surgery. I don't know. And another time someone started kind of getting into tears while we were making out, something just got triggered and opened. And I don't know what, unless we further, you know, discussed it, which I didn't because it wasn't really appropriate in that moment. But those were signs where I was like, something just got opened up. So when that girl was crying, when you were making out with her, you didn't talk about it. Did you keep making out? (laughs) 
<laughs> you're like, I'm a well, follow. You're, if you're going to keep making out with me, I guess I'll keep making out with you, but you're crying. Uh. Yeah. I try to keep my work separate from my personal life. You know, <laughs> it would have been awkward to be like, I'm going <laughs> to, let's stop. I'm going to turn the lights on. Or That's as a really partner, process. you're, I get, yeah, For I guess sure. if it was with somebody you don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know though. That's a, that's an elephant. That's an awkward. Yeah. What did you do in that situation? Um, it wasn't, you know, it was a, in, in all honesty, it wasn't someone that I was that interested in really being that close to. And so I didn't fake interest. I didn't fake interest. And so I didn't well, want to really open it up and get closer. You know, and that's the other thing, like, you know, sexual maturity is about being really transparent about what you're looking for with someone so that they don't go home so trying true. to decode a text message. Yes. Yeah, so fucking true. And I think, I think it's so, um, of, uh, important that, uh, that you can say, hey, you don't have to feel guilty and be like, I guess we'll talk about it. Because if you really don't give a shit, that's unfair to the other person that you're lending them your fake empathy. Totally. Yeah. I well, don't. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, when you when you were mentioning anonymous sex, how does one go about getting anonymous sex? What do you mean by that? You just kind of. I mean, like I, <laughs> I know. Dick in a hole. I have a pretty good idea of what you mean. Uh, but yeah. I, my my uh, idea of this is more like my gay friends on Grinder, uh, or not even like that, or Grindr. like bathhouses. So like, what what, what kinds of like uh, anonymous sex experiences have you had? I find this fascinating. You kind of like just yeah. said it like it was a normal thing. Yeah, I'm like wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. <clears throat> I mean, it should past, be. It could be a normal thing, but I don't think it's accepted yeah, in yet. The past as couple years, I've been in. Um, some back-to-back serious relationships. So I guess for me, as of, let's say, five years going back, it would fall more under um, having set up a date that after coffee or dinner led to sex, but then upon having sex realized there's really not full compatibility or interest here. And so we didn't really ever speak again. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And you never, like a lot of that anonymous sex, there's no name exchanging. It's kind of hot. Um, well, in those instances, there is, but more first name based, like, Hey, right. you know, let's meet at Starbucks, get some coffee or whatnot. You talk a little bit. <laughs> you look at flirt. the cup to see what the person's name is. <laughs> oh, oh, Terry. Thank you, hey. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a weird spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Could you, are you yeah. allowed to talk about, cause I know that there's a confidentiality thing, uh, with, with, when you work with couples and therapy, right. but yeah. could you talk about like the the most interesting obviously no names but a problem that you've encountered or like the one that like what's a problem that really stumped you in ther- in marriage counseling or sex therapy yeah. well the most interesting dynamic ones unfortunately usually tend to be really sad and heartbreaking oh uh, yeah people you know people don't come in because things are going well and they don't come in to celebrate things so <laughs> it's often really sad disheartening things oh. where you are reminded that the world could be a shitty dark place. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> <Right>? our inbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, it's, it's really, and you, and there's, it has to, you have to get to a point where you're like, I can't let this ruin my day. This is the worst thing I've ever read. Uh, but I can't imagine being face to face with that person. And then well, being your job yeah. is to help them. You both work with sex and dating relationships. And so, you know, that that brings up some of people's biggest struggles because it taps into social value, uh, like all sorts of stuff is, is embedded in there. I would say the more colorful things, though, that aren't so dark would just be different kinks where people come in saying, I'm turned on by this. Is that OK? Or how do I find a partner based on me being interested in this? And, you know, every now and then at this point, I think I've kind of heard it all. Or at least when I learn something new, I'm not surprised or shocked. Cause I realize you can eroticize literally anything what's the everything. weirdest thing you've ever heard anybody eroticize <clears throat> weird well, meaning on, uh just uncommon surprise yeah. yeah sure so on our this is actually more helpful on our podcast on loveline we uh, amber had thought she had heard of everything at this point and <laughs> someone called in and the question was literally not about the specific interest it was just more along the lines of how do i set boundaries around things i don't want to do that my partner wants me to do and amber kept saying but what are you talking about and the girl's like i don't really want to open that up and amber's like no tell us tell us so the girl's like well he wants to watch me fuck a dog and i've heard Whoa, that you've that heard wasn't that? a shocker oh for sure you've not heard that wait yeah, how I've can a girl that. fuck a dog a boy dog get fucked by a dog is that more get helpful fuck? can a dog have that does a yeah, dog have that dexterity sure. to fuck a person for sure yeah a yeah, dog knows sure. where the pussy is you just sure. stick google, your dog you just stick your dog's dick in your vagina <gasps> google that shit yeah for sure <laughs> i will but it not got, it got better it, it got it got more colorful in that there was like a secondary piece and amber's like oh shit okay well wait what else and i was like i'm all no no cut yeah it off. yeah like, let's, let's not. just keep the keep and, the treasure chest closed like, 
She's pushing, she's pushing. And then the girl's like, well, he wants to watch me fuck his dad. And Amber's like, I don't know what to say now. She's like, I'm sweating, wow. I'm uncomfortable. So you hear a lot. What did you say? What? And I would assume that that I want to see you fuck my dad thing is maybe from a past trauma in his life, maybe. Well, no, I don't. I don't like to pathologize and assume that colorful sexual interests inherently came from a damaged history. Right. They don't they don't have to. And as we age and mature, our sexualities grow as works, you know, um, new things are brought to us and we realize, well, I never found that arousing. I do now. So it's less about that and more just about talking about taking care of yourself and boundaries and can an animal consent to sex and your thoughts around that and, you know, those issues. I mean, do you think an animal can consent to sex? I feel like no. My my answer is is kind of punchy in that I'm pretty much vegan. So... (laughs) I, I, I'm like, yo, you're all out there killing animals to eat them. So don't act like you're upset about giving one a blowjob. Like <laughs> there are, there are larger existential point. questions in that. I mean, <laughs> I'm wrong. I kind of, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, nor would I recommend anyone doing it. But I, but I, I, when I kind of agree with you, like also, I just don't think animals like you're, I don't think you're going to destroy an animal's mind by having them have sex without saying like, yes, the way you would a human because I mean I see animals go up to other animals who don't want it and but the other animals like yeah it's animalistic yeah oh true yeah well I also I also see some of these same people and again I'm not weighing in on yay or nay but I also see some of these same people you know, smack their dog because they don't want their dog on the couch. And it's like, well, that totally didn't very loving towards uh, once either. again, this episode is brought to you by Tanga. Peta. <laughs> Tanga, Tanga. Yeah, sorry, Tanga. <laughs> no, 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 no. That it's it's amazing. That this is why people tune in because we get into the hard topics, including dog you have fucking. To. That's okay. Life, That's man. why the, the other podcasts are afraid to talk about uh, dog fucking, not us. <laughs> I, I do and we won't end on a dark note, so I'll ask this question okay. now. Um, what is because I think it's so important to talk about what's the darkest scenario or situation or problem you've ever heard somebody have wait i thought we weren't ending oh that's no yeah we saw we time we want to ask it now so we don't end it on the sads you know again um man it uh, one that really was like oh i I I mean i know our email but i'm i'm sensitive so it's frequent because uh, me too i mean me too there's one for me that sticks out which one? Uh, a girl who was raped by her father and on her 10th yeah. birthday, uh, her father administered several abortions on her. And on her 10th okay. birthday, he invited his friends over and they gang raped her and she escaped. That was, it was a happy ending. But I was like, she, she wrote a very long email detailing it. And I was like, holy yeah. fucking shit. And uh, yeah, that things, was, that was rough. Things that involve family assault tend to be the darkest and most difficult to work with because you hope and this isn't always the case, but you hope that the family dynamic can be a nourishing, nurturing, safe space. And that can be quite difficult when it's not. And so, yeah, I would say ones that fall along those lines or even, you know, just adults that are out in the world and they're they're married and just having a partner really deceive you in a multitude of ways. You know, I work with a lot of that where they come in and they thought that they were leading this really beautiful life and they found out they weren't. And it kind of, that brings us almost back to the topic we were talking earlier, which is be transparent. You know, give your partner a chance to weigh in on what they're willing to allow or be a part of. Take that risk to be known versus just deciding that they're not okay with it or not open to something and doing it without their consent so that they find out later and they feel so wounded because that's not okay. Um, So, yeah. It's crazy how much fear has such a huge part in people holding back. And it's like, if you just feel the fear and do it anyway... You will feel so much better. I promise you. If you just talk about the thing that you want to talk about or, or you know, just fucking open up and communicate. Or maybe you won't feel better. And that's part of realizing that there's inherent limits in monogamy or being with a partner. And you either allow that and you mourn the loss of what you won't have or you realize I, I need a different partner. I, I don't know. That's a beautiful mm. moment for some adults to really that's have to true. sit in that that bind of what do I want to do about this? Because I've worked with uh, clients and I'm thinking of one that was younger in their teens, uh, late teens of adult age. And 
he was interested in something in terms of kink that he wasn't confident bringing to his girlfriend. And age-wise, it was a little bit understandable. Two 19-year-olds might not have the sexual sophistication and confidence to be told that their partner's into something really kinky. Yeah. And so he was going online and finding anonymous people to do it with. And that's not really safe either. He would go yeah. to their houses. And he was heterosexual. And he was doing it with men because he was only able to find men that were willing to engage in this kink. And so it brought up for him, am I sick because I'm into this? What do I do about this girl that I love? And what does it mean that I'm doing it with men? What'd you All say? because he didn't have the confidence just to sit down Heather, his girlfriend or whatever her name was. I give her the name Heather because in my head she's blonde, maybe not. And <laughs> to say to her, listen, I am really turned on at the idea of being treated like a pet or a dog and I want to be put on a leash and all of that. Are you willing or open to that in any form? Maybe she would have been like, sure, I love you. Maybe oh, that's she not even like, nearly as weird as I, I thought say, you were going to say. Yeah, weird. right. But for him, there was so much shame in bringing that forward. So and young, so he'd yeah. Meet, he'd meet guys online and go to their house and they'd put him on leashes. And I'm like, you're being possibly bound. You're with someone anonymous. Does anyone know where you're going? And he's like, well, of course not. And so the first part of my work with him would be around safety, yeah. knowing that he was going to do this. So we had to work on safety and shame reduction. It's okay that you're into this. How can you engage in it safely? And then the third step would be, how can we possibly bring in your partner and together talk to her about it? Yeah, because I think too, if she were to meet, uh, if he were to open up, if he opened up to her about that and she was like, what? And even if she had that weird reaction, that doesn't necessarily mean it can't happen. Correct. Uh, yeah. It takes time. And, and also you know, she might be like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Right. She and, might Exactly. But there's also, I always remind people that it's a, it's a coming out process. You know, coming out's not just about being gay or lesbian or trans coming out's about being your sexual self. And yeah. it took him years to get to that point. You need to give her more than one hour to digest and wrap yeah. her head around such stuff. Absolutely. Acclimate to that. And, you know, I also work with some males and this actually breaks my heart as well, where I work with some heterosexually defined males who are also interested in uh, transsexualism, uh, Mm -hmm. meaning they're aroused by the idea of being sexual with a partner that's trans. And that has in many cases been very difficult for their wives to stumble upon or find out about thinking that then he's gay. Or like, yeah, because it's a, I'm not good enough. Am I not satisfying enough? Or I'm sure. not. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and what's, I mean, uh, what do you say to, like, what would you recommend he say to, to his wife then if he was in that situation? Well, we've heard, we've had a couple of emails about that. It's twofold. It's always about caretaking on some levels your partner and making sure they understand that they are loved and that you are aroused by them, but then also confidently letting them know that there is this other part of you and that it is normal and it is acceptable and that you want to find ways to have both. Mm. And it doesn't take away from one or the other. Like it doesn't take away from my love for you. Yeah. And that sometimes, you know, again, if you're in a committed monogamous relationship, your engagement with this other parts of your sexuality would be through porn and masturbation. And that that's appropriate. Solo sexuality is not under your partner's control, nor should it be. And they really shouldn't weigh in on their thoughts about it. But if they stumbled upon something on your browser, then they're going to. But they, you know, you got to manage that. Yeah. Kind of a piggybacking off of the what you just said about safety and then going back into masturbation. What are your thoughts or experiences with uh, autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah, dangerous. People people die from that. It, that can be something that's, you know, 100%, here's the thing. When, yeah. you're, when you're aroused, your executive functioning and judgment is decreased and can go offline a, a little bit. And a really easy example is, you know, the things we'll put in our mouths when we're aroused are not the things we want in our mouths when we're sitting there watching television, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to just put a, your partner's foot in your mouth while at the dinner table, it's gross. But if you're turned <laughs> on, maybe you're more willing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So my, my point is that while, you know, choking yourself, if you're using a belt or something, you don't even have a lot of control over when you're aroused, you might tip into that gray danger area, not caring or not aware and then lose control, literally lose consciousness, mm-hmm. a multitude of things can go wrong. So that for me tends to fall under a little bit of a danger zone that I tend to not recommend. Okay. I tend mm. to say, I tend to say the whole, what else turned you on? <laughs> like, right. Let's try everything else. No, no, I, I love that answer. Uh yeah, just because you know, you've heard we've heard a lot of not good great stories uh, yeah. and endings to that. And then kind of going off that, how about blood play? 
Because that's, I mean, yeah. for personally, for something I'm into, we've had only one guest and he was a registered nurse who was able yeah. to like safely do blood Great. play. It's something I'm very interested in, but just, you know, I'm seems okay very dangerous. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm, I'm actually okay with blood play, but you nailed it in that that falls for me under the topic of something you need to do a lot of research mm-hmm. on safety. And also that falls under something. I think it's great if you can find a mentor, someone who's done mm. it and is knowledgeable and can explain it to you. And luckily we, if you're in a, especially if you're in a major city, places like the pleasure chest and other places and a lot of, um, and for people that are listening, Google, there are a lot of BDSM and kink dungeons and groups where you can find someone experienced in these things and they can explain and walk you through. And I think that's very important for something like that because there, there is a safety issue for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. But you have my support. Thank you. I have a question yeah. <laughs> um, having to do with specifically the masturbation. Are we on sleeps. Love Line right now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. One one uh, thing that uh, a problem that we get or a question that we get uh, when a guy can't get it up with a condom on. That's a big yeah. problem. But yeah. I was thinking, uh, like I said, I was using those masturbation sleeves on Steven last night. It was really fun. Um, and I know that it's, uh, they help with, you can um, kind of increase your duration with sex if you kind of practice on one of the tango sleeves. Like, it, yeah. But could you, in theory, put a condom on your dick and and masturbate with that? And yes. get better at getting hard with and a condom and staying hard? And I would say please hard? do. Because and when guys... Kind of, when guys say, I can't get hard without a condom, you can. You're just not trying, right? No, I don't agree. Um, oh. Condoms aren't, aren't, aren't really that hot in general. And, and I, I also struggle with staying hard with the condom on. Oh. It, it decreases sensitivity. It, it does turn me off. You know, like I said, I'm in, I'm in a committed relationship, so I don't use them. And so to then put one on at some point would really throw me off. But that is where sex toys help because you then are getting used to the sensation of having something there, like a, like a barrier. But I would say that you just nailed it. Like masturbate with a condom, learn to eroticize condom use, learn to get comfortable and habituated to arousal with a condom. And that's what I'd say. If you're, you know, if you're only using them when you're with a partner, I don't know how often you're doing that, but it's probably not that often. And so it's going to be new for you. But if you're masturbating frequently with one, it will then become an aroused thing. It will be associated. So you can, there's no such thing as like, a, a penis like medically being Correct. just no chance in hell getting hard with a condom on. It's <laughs> all what Correct. you're used to, what the sensation just is. just not you... used to it. Okay. It's just a little bit decreased. And here's the other thing I always throw in there too. You know, what's beautiful about our sexual psychology is that we can override biological issues with more biology or more psychology, which means this. If biologically my penis isn't holding enough blood to stay erect, okay, I can A, amp up my arousal level by psychologically looking at something, thinking about something, saying something, having something said to me, adding another piece, or I can add another level of biology, meaning how about you lick my balls while you stroke my penis in a condom to help me get hard? How about while Uh, I'm penetrating you stroking my erection, you're also playing with my nipples. Mm, use yeah. use other biological things. Use your fingers and toys and fold stuff in, play some porn. I mean, there's other things to kind of amp it up. Totally. Is there such a thing as masturbating too much? <clears throat> um, it's such a good question. It's actually a really, really important question because it falls under sex shaming at times. And there's this made up label called porn addiction and sex addiction. Those aren't real things. You can't be addicted to those things. Mm, the, really? Those things, those things were made up by non- sexually trained professionals, people that aren't trained in human sexuality. The sex therapy world doesn't acknowledge it. The American Psychological Association doesn't. The diagnostic manual rejected it as a real thing. It it isn't real. It's not ethical to even use that word. But So it's just an excuse. Well, I would say this. Can you masturbate too much? Um, Well, sure. You can masturbate to a point where you're hurting your penis. You can masturbate to a point where you're not available to be sexual with your partner because you're prioritizing solo sex and some people are solo sex <laughs> where they aren't geared towards <laughs> partnered sex and let your partner know that, you know, but not in terms of it being an addiction, but you know, I can eat so much that then when it's time for dinner, I'm not hungry. I'm not addicted to, um, you know, pretzel balls, but you know, I'll eat a box <laughs> of them <Balls>. sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause it seems like if someone masturbates all the time, it's they're they don't, they're avoiding something that, that seems to me as like a, an example that pops up is like, oh, that's a valid reason for why you're masturbating. I don't think you're addicted to it. Yeah. Or (laughs) Or a lot of time downtime. Yeah. Or they're just living. If, if I can, you know, do any, if I can read for three or four hours, 
and, and I do, then I can also masturbate for three or four hours. If I can play video games for two hours every day, I can masturbate for two hours totally. every day. If I can go to yoga for an hour every day or pray or chant for an hour every day, which I do, I can also masturbate. You know, we love Good to point. make the sexualized version of something inherently problematic. If I can travel the world to look at art, I can travel the world to have different kinds of sex. If I can be a connoisseur of food and knowledgeable about it, I can be a sex geek who reads all the sex stuff mm. and reads all the sex blogs. You know, so true. And that's what like, yeah. And that I, I always thought that about uh, like massage therapy because I always get massages and like I'm so pro sex worker. And uh, yeah. and it's but it's so that's a comparison that's not even that different. You are getting right. physical pleasure from another person. How is that any, like every time someone like kind of poo poo sex work, I'm like, have you ever gotten a massage? Cause like, well, what are you and, talking and to about? stick with the massage thing, I, in LA, one of my favorite places, they wouldn't massage any higher than your mid thigh. And I would say to them, I'm not coming back. I want yeah, my butt massage. Yeah. That's like, oh, oh yeah, I love butt massage. It's great. Don't, don't ignore a part of my body as inappropriate or shameful and not being willing to touch it. Like what? I, yeah, I always wondered like if we just made up a stigma that getting your shoulders rubbed was disgusting and meant you were a yes. whore, would people yes. avoid it? They probably yes. would. We yeah. worked hard enough to really time, promote it. <laughs> there was a time when people covered the legs on a chair and women wore dresses to their ankles because to see the legs on a chair or a woman's leg was inappropriate. I know. And now it's just Wild. like, it's all out there, baby. <laughs> Thanks, well, Amber Rose. <laughs> yeah. And then how about uh, as like with, with masturbating, like as a woman specifically, because that's the only way I've masturbated, uh, like desensitization of the yeah. clit. Because for me, like I'm great at masturbating with my hand. But for me, the reason I have trouble with sex toys is because honestly, like the feeling of vibration on my clit. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that because that's vibration is not the feeling that I'm getting when a mm-hmm. penis is inside me. Right. Do you have any insight to that? Cause I don't like yeah. it. Like it burn, it, it hurts even the lowest yeah. level on anything. I tell people a couple things, you know, number one, your method of masturbating, if you masturbate frequently and often and for long periods of time, it's going to habituate your arousal to one specific consistency or speed or motion. And it's not always transferable to a human's fingers, tongue, penis, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like guys, penises cannot keep up with you laying in the tub with the water from the tub shooting on your clit. Like Mm -hmm. it cannot be done. And so you have to check in about that. I tell some people, wow, if you want partnered sex and to get off, you might need to masturbate differently. Mm, right. Interesting. Guys do that as well. They'll masturbate rubbing on the bed. And I'm like, a vagina doesn't have a grip like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think I, I fucked myself over when I started masturbating early as a kid, I would be humping everything in sight. And so it yeah. took me so I can't, ma- I've never masturbated with just my hand and I just can't because I need that, uh, right. that type of hard <laughs> stimulation, but you can retrain, I would assume, retrain Absolutely. your, your puss. Yeah. I tell guys masturbate with a lube. Some women, they put direct pressure on the clitoris and I'll say, put a towel between the toy and that. Or oh, oh, that's, that's a good idea. There's, there's things like that. There's also different toys that do have variable motions and directions. Yeah. There's also, there's this new one and you almost have to Google it to see it. It looks like a circular, um, Ferris wheel and it has little tongues going down and around it. And it just kind of flips and smacks. <laughs> That <laughs> that's sounds amazing. great. That, see, yeah. that's, I need Just like, like smack, some smack, smack, smack. wet or like rubbing like the vibe. I hate the vibration. I also right. don't like sticking plastic inside my vagina. It, uh, it, something inside me. I, I don't know if this is normal, but like if I stick my own finger inside me or a toy inside me, I actually get like a, what I would call like seasick. I feel seasick. Okay. Is that, well, Oh, I've heard you say that before. Yeah. Here's the other thing. And you're bringing us to a beautiful gem, which is Everyone's sexual anatomy and erogenous zones are going to be different. So I think we all know at this point that only like one third of women will orgasm from vaginal penetration. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lucky. Yet there's a third that do. Some women, it's not going to even be clitoral play that's arousing for them. Maybe it's more about people really grabbing on and playing and tugging with the labia and the lips because it's more centric that way. Other women, it's more like what we kind of now call the U-spot, where it's the urethral opening because of all that concentrated tissue. They like that rubbed or licked yeah. instead of the clit. You got to really explore. There's like 18 different things, kinds of orgasms totally. I feel like women can have. Well, Karen, I was just saying, uh, I was using, last night I used, it's called the Yuki. It's a vibe. It's the, I love the feel of it. It's a silicone, but it's like soft. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I had it on and I had like the vibrating part on, but then I turned it off and I was just rubbing it. And I was like, Whoa, this is fun. So it was (laughs) like, I was kind of surprised by, uh, 
I didn't kind of want the vibration at that time because the, the the texture felt so good. You got to explore. Yeah. Right. Well, because they're made of silicone. So it has like a, it has like a soft feel because this is the Irho. Aroha. I'm like, Aroha. I can't, I can't pronounce Japanese uh, things, guys. You're really, but they're you're so really beautiful. Me. I mean, they if are you guys, be- they are. The they listeners, go to the website <laughs> just to shelf. look at the stunning <laughs> designs of these yeah. timber products. And I hate when sex toys look cheesy. It just, I don't want right. to use them. It makes me feel stupid using them. Yeah. Um, some women, <clears throat> I, I'm always, I've always wanted to ask somebody about this. My friends, like I have my friend uh, uh, who she has what I call a magic vagina. She can come fucking 18 times in a row she can have sex with someone she doesn't have to even i mean she has to like them as a person but like it doesn't matter what she feels towards them if there is a man in the room and they decide to fuck she will come a billion times that's like me what the fuck why can't i right now from you looking at me i'm really sexually charged (laughs) and really sensitive well how can i get like that (laughs) <laughs> don't wanna... set a goal. You're that's the worst place to walk yourself. And I always tell people like, I love the idea of having a vision of what you'd want, but it also sets you up for failure when you're trying to force your body and your sexual psychology into something. Okay. How do I ease into it then? <laughs> <laughs> how do I love I really, let go and ease into I, it? I, whenever I have a couple girlfriends that are like this and I'm like, shit, really? Like 10 times you came 10 times. What? I want that. Yeah. I would say a couple things, you know, Comfort, asking for what you need, comfort, putting the time in that it might take to get you there, even though I know you want it really quick and easy. The, yeah. the, the more orgasmic we are, the more confident we are in different positions. It literally, the, the sloppy, lazy, annoying answer is going to be confidence. Confidence in allowing and opening. People will say to me, I want to, as a female, they'll say, I want to ejaculate. I want to squirt. And I'll say, same thing. To get there, you have to be comfortable having the sex you want when you want. You have to be comfortable masturbating for a long period of time. Empty your bladder. Put some plastic sheets down. Be comfortable just letting body fluids release. You have to just be willing to let go. But what if it's a libido thing? Like, cause when I come, I, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Let's go. I don't know. I, or like my interest goes from, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so horny. I'm so horny to like, uh, uh let's go. I got to go to the deli. Bye. Like I just well, get so immediately disinterested yeah. in sex right after I come. Well, and the that, can, is like, that's something I can retrain. Well, sex and sexuality aren't this contained packaged thing. You know, sexuality is what you're both wearing today. It's how close you're sitting to each other. It's the eye contact you're making with me. It's what we're talking about. It's, it's so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's everything we do. And so yeah, it, it all God. ties in everything. If you were a distractible person, that's going to impact your sexuality. If you're anxious, if you're overworking, I mean, it's really a big topic. Yeah. Okay. I gotta, I gotta it's meditate. everything. I'm going to meditate When you're having sex, how much energy do you have? Have you eaten a good meal? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you with partners that really turn you on? Is the sex you want to have worth even having? Is it a good sexual partner? Those two, yes. Okay. Okay, Okay. Yeah, you know what though? I do work a lot. The the deepest answers. I love these. I feel like I could just go on and take over the world. Jesus Christ. Let's go have sex. (laughs) Um, So how can uh, masturbation be used as like, like a beneficial tool for one's health? In, in, in every, every possible way, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think just, just masturbating and taking time aside out of your life. You know, we live in this like, you know, productivity obsessed capitalist culture where it's all about money and going to work. And so there's something really radical in terms of sex and saying, I'm going to take time away from all of that and just be with myself and pleasure myself. And there's really no goal bigger than just feeling good. And I'm going to set aside time. I'm going to spend money maybe on a sex toy. That's, that's psychologically meaningful to put yourself first. Um, Mm. second to that, there's something beautiful in the autonomy and self ownership of saying, I don't need a partner, a man or a woman to feel good or to feel whole. Mm -hmm. And I can have sex with myself. I love the idea of having sex wherever you want, when you want in our sex phobic culture, that's so radical to be like, I'm going to go have sex in the bathroom mm-hmm. or yeah. I'm going to, you know, masturbate mm-hmm. in my car. It's not legal if people can see, but I'm going to do in ways where I can't be seen, or I'm going to leave work early to go home and have sex with myself, or I'm going to get to work late because I'm prioritizing self-care, which is masturbation and arousal, or I'm going to set Sunday aside to go to a sex boutique, find a sex product, go home. It's also good for as we age, vaginal and pelvic floor muscle strength and tone so that you don't have any urinary issues. Mm. Um, it helps with childbirth. You know, again, keeping the muscle tone strong from orgasm. It's a great resource and tool when couples aren't getting along. You know, some people say like, 
I have to be getting along with my partner to have sex. Really, for not getting along, sex is a way to get you back to that place. I mean, the value in it is vast. So, and I, and I love like I love that a main thing that Tanga is kind of focusing on as a company, and then also with Masturbation May is just like eliminating the shame that is often associated with masturbation. What would you tell someone who came to you who felt ashamed or scared of, or embarrassed of either you know the time that they spent masturbating, how much they liked it, that kind of a thing? Yeah. I, I always try to normalize diversity. So the first thing I'd say is that there is no right way to masturbate. There is no right length of time to dedicate it to it. And some people masturbate more and some others less. And it's really about you getting confidence in who you are. Mm. And then second to that is that I'm always, I'm about resources. You know, the social media, our, our psyche in our brain is nothing but all the social media we surround ourselves in. And so I'd say to them, are you listening to podcasts and reading blogs that are sex negative? Start listening to podcasts like yours. Ones that are going to reinforce you're okay the way you are and that sex is meaningful and valuable. You have to really surround yourself with that stuff and go, go buy a sex product. Cause again, the, the idea of spending money and having something is like a concrete way to acknowledge that something's meaningful and important to you. Well, that's a good point. And you could argue too, I feel like with people that I know well, people and those who are sexually healthy, meaning they have a great relationship to their own sexuality and with partnered sex, they just seem like overall they got their head on more straight than other people. Like I feel like in their lives, they they come off like it really does reflect how you feel about your own sexuality. I can see it shine through in somebody's everyday life <clears throat> because the ones that are have a healthy sex life just seem more calm and logical and put together. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the boring blah, 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 endorphins, dopamine. <laughs> but that's true food. though. <clears throat> I'm bored of that. But what's more meaningful to me and what you said was that in our sex negative phobic culture, to be sexually confident and to prioritize sex is such a radical thing. And it's so confident enhancing that if you've worked through that piece, you are ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got a, a lot more boxes checked than most people. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so we're going to wrap up. I think we can do this all year. Okay. Uh, and uh, so do you have any closing words of wisdom about yes. like, masturbation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of like a pat on the back for you two. I think okay. I always want to just highlight and say thank you and talk about how valuable it is that people like you exist and that you guys are doing the work you're doing because it's so needed. It's so meaningful to so many people and it's so valuable on all levels. So like kick ass. I'm glad you guys are out there doing it. Thank, Thank you. you. And right you and right back at you, honestly. Thanks. I there are very few I'm always interested by our guests, but there are not often do I like leave the podcast table feeling lighter or or better or more open or more like willing to try new things. And I honestly, every time I sit down with you, I really do feel that way. Seriously. Oh, yeah. The way you, you phrase things is it, it like is very uh, eye opening. Mm-hmm. And and just to like and this sounds like a shameless plug and it's it's truly not, you know. I, my book, Sex Outside the Lines, came out last year, and people will say to me, you know, I want to do the work. I want to work with someone like you. And sadly, not everyone has access to the funds or to a sex therapist, period. Yeah. And so the whole purpose of that book was to give people some resource that could really make them feel more sexually confident and kind of walk them through some sex therapy. So I lovingly point that out as a resource for people that want oh, to find yeah. more support around the things and, we're talking about. Yeah. And you know what the fuck you're talking about. So definitely Thanks. buy his book because I know. he's got Thanks. good advice from a doctor's <laughs> perspective. I'm so glad you said that because I actually was like, what book am I going to read as I am avoiding hanging out in casinos in Las Vegas? And I'm going to go <laughs> home sex outside the line and baby. Amazon yes. that immediately. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us uh, about masturbation and tanga and life. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you around soon. Yeah. Awesome. See you soon. Thank you. Thank right. you very Bye, much. Well, thank you very much to all the listeners and Dr. Chris Donahue for joining us for that very special surprise Monday edition of Guys We Fucked in honor of Masturbation May. And just to sum it up, Masturbation May is a month-long celebration of self-pleasure. Participants sign up via social media or at doitinmay.com, pledging to masturbate throughout the month of May as often as they can with the encouragement to, quote, go above and beyond. This way, participants do their part to prove that masturbation is a common sex-positive act shattering the stigma around masturbation. 
I like it. If I got to prove it, I guess I got to trick off. Sorry. I guess I'll just have to do this for the team. Uh, Tango isn't just encouraging participants. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Tango will donate money to the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. A lot of you, including myself, probably didn't even know that existed. Well, I was going to say, well, it still exists. (laughs) Yeah, it's called SICUS, S-I-E-C-U-S, an organization committed to providing Americans with accurate and comprehensive sexuality education. So guys, if we didn't get it in school, we can get it now as adults. Uh, They're giving a dollar for every online sign up and $2 for every use of the hashtag do it in May up to $10,000. As a bonus, the first 50 people to register will receive a thank you gift courtesy of Tanga. Participants are encouraged to keep it up, spreading the word to family and friends as appropriate. (laughs) Daddy should jerk off once in a while. God. (laughs) Via social media and or word of mouth. Yes. So thank you again to Tango. This was really cool. We really like this company. Uh, And if you want to know more about them, we highly encourage it. Uh, If you want to go to Masturbation May, Corinne said doitinmay.com is where you could sign up. Um, If you want to look at Tango's website and what they have, go to usstore.tango-global.com. We'll put that in the description. Um, The Tango Global website is www.tango-global.com. You can follow Tango on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash tanga global twitter is tanga underscore global instagram is tanga underscore pr and uh they have a lot of youtube videos educational videos on their youtube site if you just uh you can go to youtube.com slash user slash tanga channel yeah and uh, anything that you're posting about it you know why don't you just like take a picture of all your like masturbation stuff or and, yeah or or just like tell your friends like I, I feel like there it really is such a stigma around it and it was such an interesting thing because it's not a stigma that I think about but it's no. a stigma that certainly exists so hashtag do it in May hashtag masturbation May hashtag tanga this was 100% a sponsored episode we're not trying to fucking lie to you about that but honestly we we're one really of the excited. most educational episodes I think we've done and yeah. I'm really proud to have been a part of this uh uh, thank you so much to listening as always to guys we fucked the anti-slut shaming podcast we'll talk to you on friday bye 